Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Greetings and salutations, Moss Amigos. Greetings and salutations, Moss Isley. A more <laughs> wretched hive of scum and villainy you'll never find. But, greetings and salutations are bound. Sure. Yeah, we'll roll with that. That's an intro. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Valentine, the other one of said co-hosts. Today we watched uh, the 60th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, making this the 60th episode of our podcast the 34th episode of Stardust Crusaders, and the 10th episode of Stardust Crusaders Battle in Egypt. This episode, you'll be interested to know, Mm. skips chapter 210 and covers chapters 211 through most of chapter 213 of the manga. I have never wanted to know what happens in a manga chapter quite as badly as right now. The missing chapter. Yeah, what what possibly... What could it be? Is it just a plane trip? I know what it is, but I'm not going to tell you yet. God damn it. Nick, any thoughts on what chapter 210 could be? <laughs> uh, okay, well, they've just reached Cairo. Is it just them on a plane? Or, wait, how did they get to Cairo? I'll give you a hint. Yeah? It concerns characters who are not currently with us. Oh. It's either going to be Holly or Kakuin. And I'm assuming it's Kakuin. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Kakuin, he comes into Holly's sick room and is like, Holly... If ever there was a woman I would have fallen in love with, it would have been you. Holly responds with, I'm dying. This is what I sound like on account of all the spiritual vines strangling me. I'm a dead lady. I only have a few more days to find Dio or she'll die. That was (laughs) Kakui. Okay, hang on. Which one is the dead one? (laughs) Nick. Yes. I want to share with you. Some words of wisdom. From who? Well, from a a little-known friend of mine. Maybe you've heard of him. Uh Uh, Hirohiko Araki, author, artist, visionary behind JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It's not ringing... A little-known indie comic. Oh, I see. Well, I'm all about things that are indie and unknown. Tell me more. Lately, cigarette smoke bothers me. I always notice it when someone is smoking near me. With that in mind, I decided that whole horse will quit smoking. But then I thought it would be weird to suddenly change a character's habit. But on the other hand, Whole Horse changes his mind all the time anyway. So what the heck? Now he uses a smoke-free pipe. Uh, what? You remember Whole Horse? I do remember Whole Horse. the Emperor. I thought he never had a pipe, though. He had a cigarette. Yeah. So then he just... Just deciding stuff. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he's just deciding stuff off screen. (laughs) We'll never know. So hang on. He's still thinking about Whole Horse. I mean, really, aren't we all still thinking about Whole Horse? He was so cool with that gun and that dumb speech. I mean, thinking is an understatement, let's be real. <laughs> Pining for. Desperately yearning to be. <laughs> oh, Whole Horse, your mullet was so well kept. Your gun was so invisible until it wasn't. Your gun was so much mightier than a sword until it wasn't. Oh, God. Oh, whole Horse. We'll always remember. He really was a Whole Horse. <laughs> Can there just be, a, like, a resurgence of whole horse in a future part where he comes back and he's like, I had surgery. I'm now just a whole horse. <laughs> I'm Bojack Horseman. <laughs> but isn't Bojack Horseman a part of a horse? Because he's not a complete man. So, like, a piece of him is missing. So that's... Di- Look, it's a dark show. It's a dark show, Liam. Remember that time that Thor was a horse? Thor oh. horse? Thor was a horse? I think his name was Beta Ray Bill. B- and what? he was a horseman who was Thor. Oh, damn. I don't, Thor. But- Fuck. Thor Galaxy, or whatever it's called. Thor Coming Galaxy. to cinemas near you. In t- Thor, Thor gets in Jeff Goldblum's fight pit with the Hulk. It looks like a real time. It's a good-fashioned, old, money scheme maker. There were words in that sentence. Is it like a, some Scrooge McDuck shit? DuckTales, available now on Disney XD, with David Tennant as the voice of Scrooge McDuck, comedians I like as the voices of Huey, Dewey and Louie, and Donald Duck as the voice of Donald Duck. He still has that throat thing going on, what's up with that? We may never know. This is not sponsored, this is just Liam liking Scrooge McDuck. (laughs) Scrooge McDuck's great. He's no Darkwing Duck, but... See, I never got into either of them, but everyone I know is like, oh, I knew that. Yeah. I'm like, but I didn't. Drake Millard is the terror that flaps in the night. Drake Millard? Yeah. Dra- really? That's a good name for a Batman duck. I mean, it is, yeah. Nick, we're here to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Not about ducks. We open. Oh, man. Gotta do an image edit of various duck characters as the various JoJo's. <laughs> Obviously, Joseph is Launchpad McQuack because of the buffness and the... Um, what are these names? The uh, flight... You know, those, one of those leather flight hats with the goggles? Sure. Like what Joseph yep. wears yep. when he's fighting cars? Uh-huh. 
Launchpad, where's one of those? Okay. Launchpad McQuack, though. Yeah, uh, I guess Scrooge would probably be... Um, he's the old man, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So-called because he's Scrooge. Mm. Uh, he would probably be... Speedwagon. No, because yeah. I want to stick, stick to Jojo's. Oh, okay. All right. So he would probably be uh, George Sr., George the First. Yep, that makes sense. Has many riches. Mm-hmm. Unwilling to share them with uh, anyone else. The protagonist of part eight, I don't know if you've seen any art of him, but wears a sa- he wears a sailor suit. Sure. So obviously that's uh, Donald. Okay, yep. And that's all I can really elaborate on right now because <laughs> I don't know any ducks that look like Jotaro. Just give it to... I'm sure that someone out there... One of the Beagle boys, maybe. Someone out there is going to take an image of Jotaro and put a duck head on him and be like, see, it's Johto McDuck. Eh? Nick, you just don't know anything about ducks, do look, you? Look, if Mallard... What is it? Mallard... Drake, whatever it was, Drake Mallard. If that can be a name, surely Johto McQuack can be. Anyway, <laughs> we open with the narrator telling us the riddle of the Sphinx. Nick, care to recount the riddle of the Sphinx? What starts off its life on four legs, and then in the middle of see its now life, you've given away the whole the whole gamble because you're meant to say shut up. What has four legs in the morning? Oh, two legs at noon and three legs at night because. The day is a metaphor for the human lifespan. Yeah. If we just start talking about lifespans, it can't... (laughs) So, Nick. Yeah. What animal starts Uh its life on four legs, spends most of its life on two legs, and then ends its life with three legs? I have never known an animal to grow a third leg at the end of its life. That's a cane. Oh, it's a metaphor again. Yeah. It's a shitty riddle. It should be literal. Nested metaphors. It has to be perfectly literal at all times. Much like the nest the Sphinx lives in. What's he guarding in there? The pyramids. The narrator tells us that the Sphinx (laughs) is the guardian of the pyramids, and he would ask travellers this riddle, and if they answered it correctly, would not devour them whole. It's just so like, what was he hiding in his nest? The pyramids, in fact. You know, those things that you can't see. Because they're in the nest. Ah. Yeah. Anyway, sphinxes. Pretty cool. Yeah. I did not know that they ate people. Or the, like, guardians of the pyramids ate people in their mythos. I just thought they sat there and were like, no. See, in Greek tradition, the sphinx has the head of the human, the haunches of the lion, and sometimes the wings of the bird. Mythicized as treacherous and merciless. Those who cannot answer its riddle suffer a fate typical in such stories. Killed and eaten by the ravenous monster. (laughs) That's brutal. (laughs) Brutal. The Egyptian Sphinx, on the other hand, uh, also known as an Andro Sphinx, has the uh, head of a man as opposed to a woman, um, which you would often see in Greek, I believe. Right. Right. Huh. The Egyptian Sphinx was viewed as benevolent, but having a ferocious strength similar to the malevolent Greek version, and both were thought of as guardians, often flanking the entrance to temples. Hmm, nice. Are yeah. there any images of the Greek Sphinx? Not that I have on hand. And they would not transmit well to the... The to current. the audio medium we are recording in. <laughs> yeah, just, wow, look at that Greek Sphinx. Isn't that a really good image of that Greek Sphinx? Glad everyone can see it. So yeah. your standard Sphinx, yep. your, your sort of archetypical Sphinx people think of, Sphinx, Venture Bros, um, <laughs> is the Great Sphinx of Giza, situated near the Great Pyramids of Giza, of Giza, of Giza, on the Nile River near Cairo, oh. where our protagonists have just arrived. That Sphinx has no nose. Great. Yeah, didn't the nose fall off? Every time travel TV show that goes back to ancient Egypt always has a bit where, oh, I'm leaning against the nose on this Sphinx statue. What am I like? Oops. Gonna pretend that didn't happen. It could just come down to the point where in any time travel show, they throw a small speck of dust at the nose and it just comes off. And yeah. we go, but how would that have happened? <laughs> time travel. By some accounts, but much more rarely, there was a second riddle of the Sphinx. Ooh. Let's see if you can crack this code. Okay. All right. Hit me. Hit me with your Egypt sticks. Sure. There are two sisters. One gives birth to the other, and she, in turn, gives birth to the first. He Who kicked, are the two sisters? He kicked the ice under him, and he hung himself. That's why he's dead. <laughs> uh, uh, he stabbed himself with a knife, a knife made of ice. <laughs> Wait, there are two sisters. There are two sisters. One gives birth to the other, and she, in turn, gives birth to the first. Not how sisters work. Who are the two sisters? Huh. Uh, life and death? No, that Ooh. is not right. Damn, that... Means I get eaten, right? Yep, that means Gollum is going to come out of his little boat and <sighs> eat you alive, Bilbo. Fuck. The answer was day and night. Ew. Like, the, that's not birthing. That's just like... It's a metaphor, Nick. Oh, fine, it's a metaphor. All right. Nick. Yes. You enter a cave. Uh-huh. There are two brothers before you, each guarding a door. Okay. One brother always tells the truth. Mm-hmm. 
The other brother always tells lies. Okay. And they say, one of us guards the door to eternal life and great riches. The other leads to death. You may ask one question. What do you do? Hmm. What was... Can I ask which one of them is the liar? You only have one question to figure out which door is, right? Oh. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. Can I... Phone a friend. <laughs> Can I ask Eddie to lock in B? Door B? Yeah. All right, it's 50-50 shot on whether you live <laughs> or die on that one. Mm. What you should do is you ask either brother... Which door will your brother tell me to go through and then go through the opposite door? Yes, because that would be the one that he's lying about. And then that would mean that the lie is the correct door, right? Yeah, that's smart. That's a play on logic, isn't it? Sure. Anyway, that's a... riddle time with Liam and Nick. <laughs> this has been the Sphinx segment. Sphinx. <laughs> Man, if I was just going to ask gross. a riddle, I'd just be like, hey. What's in my pockets is? <laughs> just be like, hey, can you answer me this? How would you like to die? In space. And I just fling them. Fling, well, I'm a sphinx, so apparently I have enough power to eat them. So I'll just fling them into space. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's that tracks. What is your one weakness? And don't do maybe that's what shitty... Maybe that's what Kaz said. <laughs> I only wanted to die in space, but also never die. I, can I just get frozen forever? You know what? No, that's not really death. Just, you know, you're dodging the question. Anywho, the gang get off a train into Cairo, Egypt. And they're there. They're 30,000 kilometres from Japan. That's a lot of kilometres. Yeah. And they're all like, we're here. We did it. And we get segmented shots of, I think, first it was like the, the crowd shot. Yeah. With, you know, Joseph Avdol, Iggy, um, Polnareff, Jodoro there. there. Yep. And then cutting across the screen were, on the left, Jodoro. On the right, Polnareff. Dead centre of the screen, taking up maybe two thirds of it. <laughs> just Iggy's blank face. Be like, eh. <laughs> I'm also here, but I don't really want to be. I like gum. Why Kebab I sandwich. Gum? <laughs> oh, and then the narrator is like, but before the pyramid named Dio, a few more sphinxes stood in their way. And we sort of get a, an elaborate shot of Dio sitting on an elaborate throne and it pans down to silhouetted sphinx-like figures in front of him. And mm -hmm. you wouldn't have picked up on this at the time because you don't have the full knowledge necessary to pick up on it. But Correct. the designs of those sphinxes were subtly influenced by the designs of the villains yet to come. Okay. For example, I believe one of them will have the weird cheek things of Darby who we're going to meet oh, soon. Oh, I get you. Right. I was just thinking, it's like, they're still sphinxes. So they're still sphinxes. <laughs> so they all walk into this cafe. Oh, yes. He got very excited when this scene started because he had seen, I guess, internet gifs of that one particular moment. Oh. They all walk in, they all have those black, low-budget eyes when they all look really sinister. Very tired. The The... Barkeep, sure, is like... Cafe owner, yeah. please. Welcome, foreigners. Okay, rude. Hey, hey, don't be dissing what be true. What would you like? And Joseph is handing out spirit photos. Have you seen this building? Hey, this is a cafe, all right? And we see various other patrons who like have drinks and hookahs mm. just looking at the photos. This is a cafe. You have to order something before I answer you things. Mm. Where's Dio? We only have a few more days to find Dio before Holly's life comes to an end. I didn't realise it was only a few more days. TikTok, boys. Yeah. It's getting serious now. Mm. So, so they they order four iced teas. Like, once again, they all... Other than, other than when Joseph is speaking, they all have the four black eyes. Um, when he's speaking, he doesn't. But when he's not, he does again. Yep. And they have the manliest fucking iced teas on the planet. Yeah, and they, they all just lift them to their mouths in sync and slam them back down on the bar. Just like... Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it just really cements how ludicrous this show is. Yeah. Whilst also being fucking amazing. So on point. Yeah. And then there's Iggy just on the floor, rolling around his own chocolate gum. I don't think we really see him much of the rest of the episode, do we? Chocolate gum? Yeah, well, there is like one more shot of him that I can remember, but that's, yeah, I can't really think of it. Probably just wanders else. off. Yeah, probably. It's that, that thing that he does. <laughs> It's like, what were you doing this whole time, Iggy? Meh. Uh, dog shit. <laughs> I was just off eating gum. Why? What do you do with your spare time? You fucking human piece of shit. So Cairo, Egypt has a population of six million. That probably means there's around two to three million buildings we need to search. Uh... Someone has to know where this building is. No, no one knows where this building is. Huh? Yeah, but no one. We're wasting time. Let's keep going. And they're all going to leave. And I know that building. <gasps> who is that kind young man who was offering help? And we see... Across the bar, past everyone, the silhouetted figure of a mysterious man 
facing them, just shuffling cards idly in his hands. He seems innocent enough. We yeah. can trust him. Yeah, he seems like a real friendly fellow. Hey guys, do you want to just He's play some cards? ominously backlit. <laughs> it, oh, it's that building. Close up on him, shuffling cards. He spreads them along the table, then he touches one and they all flip over. Oh, I'm glad you recognise it. Would you, uh... The OP happens. Oh. <laughs> Nothing really new this time, I'd say. No, I think the big thing that I noticed was that there was probably two Egyptian gods in the same silhouette twice. Two sets of two. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe that's a thing, but I could be wrong. It could just be that I'm seeing things. Interesting. Yeah. After know. the OP, did you say you knew where that building was? Yep, I know where that <laughs> building is. Are you going to tell us where that building is? Hell no. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Look, there's a chance I can. And he's like, he's doing card tricks the whole time. He He's laying them all out and then he touches one of them and they also do that thing where they tent themselves, you know, where you lean two cards against each other. Yeah, I, look, this, mm, this, that whole bit, I just went, hang on. How this guy, he... he's not, he's not oozing kanji like, um, like Alessi was. No. But you know there's something up. Yeah, he's playing with cards. Yeah. Like anyone that can do that is a bit suspicious. <laughs> but it's like... The trick that he does when he like lifts up his finger, all the cards stand up straight. Yeah. Perfectly straight. That's right, on their on their tips. And I was like And then they what? fall into pairs, tenting themselves. Yeah. I just thought to myself, how would anyone do that? Like, has he been practicing that for like ten years? Just, but ever since they left uh, Japan, he's just been in that cafe practicing <laughs> cards. Okay, I understand the wind conditions this, now. This is gonna be great. <laughs> and then he does it, he's like, Yes! Yes! This was the one thing I wanted to do. Now I have to kill him. I'm out, guys. I did the thing I wanted <laughs> later. Everyone else that works for Dio is just there going, oh, what? Dude. So Joseph offers him 10 pounds. I guess they use pounds in Egypt in the 80s. Uh, sure, they might. I mean, Britain owned a lot of Egypt back in the day, so it's not outrageous. I'll give you 10 pounds if you tell us where that house is. Hmm. And then Darby just strikes a pose. And we should describe this gentleman, actually. Yes, because he has a weird thing on so his So he's wearing... We'll start, we'll start with the bottom, from the bottom as we normally okay. We don't really see his lower body. He's definitely wearing but he's, you know, dress shoes. Trousers, yeah. dress shoes. Uh, a red waistcoat with a white shirt. It's sort of got a, like elaborate, almost like gold lining mm. on bits of it. Is he wearing a vest or is it just the coat? Yeah, is... well, yeah it's a waistcoat. It's a vest. Right, okay. A waistcoat is a vest? Yeah. Oh. Today I learned multiple words for things. <laughs> then above that, there's his face. Now, his face is a little bit strange. Peculiar, some might say. Bizarre, I would describe it as. So he's got uh, a moustache. Fairly standard sort of gentlemanly moustache. You know, it curls around his mouth in a slightly sinister manner. <laughs> he has the evil genius moustache, Liam. It's, in the close-ups we see of his eyes, they're sort of... Crimson. Yeah. She's kind of slightly... kind of a giveaway. Maybe you shouldn't trust this gentleman. Yeah, a little bit red, purpley. You yeah. know, evil. Um waving bl- hair. Black, um, well-groomed hair. Ooh. He doesn't he doesn't actually look unlike George the First. No, he doesn't, does but he? But it's sort of a more sinister take on the same guy. Yeah. But where his face gets interesting <laughs> is um just past like his cheekbone lines. Mm. Between there and his um Chin or jawline? His side, yeah, along his jawline, um, where his sideburns would be if they were bigger. Just these weird metal-looking bands, like they're white, metally coloured, not chrome. Like they're definitely matte, but just, just a bit... these things on his face. I don't know what it is. They serve no spoiler alert. They serve no purpose. At no point do they open up, and he shoots a laser out of them or something. Ah, oh, he's not Stroheim. Maybe Egyptian he's solar powered. <laughs> That's how he gambles. His schemes so well. are solar powered. He's Ooh. absorbing as much power as he can to compute as much runtime to come up with schemes <laughs> as fast as possible. <laughs> it's like Egyptian that's... science is the best in the world. <laughs> that was his secret all along. He was actually just a computer. So, anyways, as as I was saying, he's like, "Hmm, I'm not gonna tell you for free." Holds up Ace of Spades for some reason. <laughs> the most valuable card in the deck. Yeah. You see, I love gambling. I'm a sucker for cheap thrills, and you might say I make my living through gambling. Do you like gambling, Joseph Joestar? <gasps> Doesn't say his name. Oh my god, how did you not say my name? <laughs> what? You? I mean, you can say you don't like gambling if you don't like gambling. I'm confident in gambling. How about a wager? If you win, I'll tell you where that house is. Hmm. All right, here's 20 pounds. Yeah. Why don't you just tell us where <laughs> the house is? Joseph says he's pretty confident Ari wages, but they don't have time for this bullshit. Pretty much. <laughs> the most sensible he's been for a long time. Yeah, well, you know, next thing he'll say is... 
oh, well, you can make bets on anything. <laughs> Just ask me. I have a gambling problem. <laughs> you know, I gambled the earth away once, mm. but I won. The man who gambled the world. <laughs> no, I won't take any time at all. You see that cat over there? Let's do a cat bet. So he um he grabs these two smoked fish that he... uh. He, I presume he was eating them. But yeah. Or maybe he just kept them there for this elaborate trap. Well, if he's been practicing card tricks all this time, you think he'd be practicing his, you know... Fish toss. toss. Yeah, his fish toss. I'm going to throw these two bits of smoked fish out near that cat. Do you think it'll eat the bit on the right first or the left? It sounds silly, but I find it thrilling to think about which things will happen and take bets on them. Now, you may have noticed my expression go from, oh, here's a gambling, oh, how thrilling. <laughs> We're talking about cats. Polnareff pushes in front and is like, just take the fucking money, man. <laughs> well, why don't you wager, Polnareff? Huh? Joseph is says, uh, Polnareff, you're being rude. I think that's, Pol- no, that's no way to ask for things. I think Polnareff's response was literally like, hey, 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 let's just get this done. Yeah, let's, let's do this fucking bullshit. I'm going to pick the fish on the left because it's bigger. Oh, no, no, fish no, on the right. Sorry, yeah, Polnareff says fish on the right. You had a 50-50 shot. So, yeah, I should have asked that brother which you're, fish he would let me take. You're wagered wrong, Liam, yeah. you're wagered wrong. And I shall wager on the fish on the left, says Darby. Since it's the only choice left. Hey. Uh, at this point, Abdul sort of walks on over to Jotaro and says, Hey, Jotaro, this is really fucking weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe he's an enemy stand user. Maybe he's just a gambler. Too soon to tell. Yeah. Now, Abdul says... If he does anything strange, just punch straight through him with Sar Platinum. Yeah. And then immediately after, with regard to this wager, Darby says, I don't need money, I'll wager your soul. And I feel like that's something suspicious that could pro- that could- That could explain that, a few things. That could prompt a chest punching. Yeah, may, I mean, if, you know, they were paying attention while explaining yeah. to each other, that may have done the trick. <laughs> Ponder was like, what kind of joke is that? Yeah, fine, whatever, let's do this shit. How d- ah, oh. the cat has taken notice of the smoked fish. And the cat jumps down off the wall, starts sprinting over. Yeah. And we get Polnareff's internal monologue. It's going to the fish on the right. <laughs> I knew it. If I were a cat, I'd take the bigger one, and that one looks bigger to me. So it runs all the way to the fish on the right, and then dodges. <sighs> breaks off to the one on the left, grabs it, then grabs the one on the right. It would have been great if it was running towards them, and then just Iggy wandered into frame and grabbed them both and ran off. No. <laughs> He grabs the one on the right and walks away. Then followed by Polnareff going, Iggy! Oh. Iggy, bring it back! Bad dog, bad! Well, don't you see? The only choice now is the one on the left, Polnareff. <laughs> Let me sip my espresso. <laughs> Darby's sort of quietly celebrating his victory. And Joseph says, oh, you lost. Come on, man. I'm, I'm getting sick of asking people about that building. <laughs> what is it? Is it a mall? Is it a house? Is it an what observatory? Is it? Some sort of castle? Mayhap? Fortress from sort of the old days? round pyramid. <gasps> a round pyramid. <laughs> anyway, your soul, you wage it. Uh, I take souls. I'm a stand user that steals souls. Yada, yada, yada. Wait, you you want my soul? Yeah, you see, gambling makes it easier for a soul to leave its vessel. That's just science. Yeah, tracks. That tracks so far. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's bizarre enough yeah. to be real. Anyway, um, Polnareff sort of seizes up and we see ghost Polnareff emerge from his back being grasped by this creepy looking stand. <laughs> How would, you, how would you describe this stand, Nick? Amazing it's is how like I describe s- it. Sucker fingers. Yeah, it's got little suckers, a bit like an octopus's suckers on the ends of its yeah, fingers, like a green carapace. Oh, I don't know. It looks. It just looks pretty well dressed, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's got. I think it has muscly its arms. Head, its head sort of implies a turban. Yeah, it does a bit. Is that? Oh no, that's not a bit. That's just Darby's hair. <laughs> I thought the image we're looking at on his chin. It just perfectly lines up with Darby's hair, and I thought, oh, it's a nice tuft mm. of growth. But no, it's not. Oh, this is fun. In the image I was looking at reference, in the related images, there's um, a piece of art. It looks fairly official of uh, all the Egypt enemy stand users sitting around a poker table. Oh, nice. One day I'll be able to look at that mm. image. <laughs> not today. So, yeah, he grabs Polnareff's soul, mm-hmm. you know, like you do. As one does. As and one starts does. sort of smushing it around like putty. Uh, okay. Yep. And he turns it in, he claps his hands, and when he uh, pulls them apart, there's a, a little poker chip with Polnareff's face with closed eyes on it. Ooh. Spooky. He's trapped his soul 
in a poker chip. Oh. That's what's going on here, people. Jotaro basically immediately goes to kill him. He says, no, 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 no. If I die, then Polareff's soul, which I have, will also die. That's how stands work. Sure. Sure. That's how my stand works. He could, could just be lying through his teeth. He's taking the biggest gamble of all. <laughs> um, so Polareff shows us his poker face. Mm-hmm. It's... It's... Pa-pa-pa-pa. It's happy-ish. You know, that song. Which song? By Lady Gaga. Oh, Poker Face? Yeah. It's a good song. It's very fitting to the moment. Hmm. Maybe more fitting to next episode when they actually play poker, though. <laughs> yeah, that's more just a chip so far. He does that usual um, monologue that they do when they think they're going to win. was like, I already defeated one of them. Lord Dia will reward me handsomely. I don't see how they keep believing it when <laughs> no. they keep losing. Maybe the last stand user that they meet just goes... You know what? Fuck it. I've seen you guys fuck up bigger dudes than me. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. Sorry, guys. It's not just not worth it. I and mean, that's kind of whole horse. Yeah, that is basically whole. <laughs> well, whole horse still tries. He just goes. You know what? I wasn't in it for that anyway. Yeah. I was just here for the support. Uh-huh. Bye. <laughs> You're saying that ironically, aren't you? I said bye. See you later, maybe. Well, bye. Have fun with your gun. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Darby. That's D A R B Y with an apostrophe after the D. Gotcha. Barbie. And the narrator <laughs> the narrator tells us that he his stand steals souls from those who lose bets, and that it is the stand that suggests Osiris. Osiris! Oh my god! That's a big god. That's a enormous god. That might peak, actually. That definitely peaked. Don't, oh, don't wow. worry about it. It's fine. If there were gods, that would be peak god. So, uh, let's work our way through our little blurb on Osiris and Darby. No, I think Osiris is the goddess? No, that's wrong. Damn it. So, um, <laughs> just straight up, just yeah, Nick. That's not that's not Osiris at all. As per the Jojo Vele note on Osiris, mm-hmm. I wanted to draw a showdown between cheaters. It's a tra- tradition from my first work, Poker Under Arms. Laughs. The stand's visuals are another fusion of an African style design with mecha elements. Sick. Sounds fair. Now, what is Poker Under Arms? I'm just le- actually learning about this now. <laughs> poker Under Arms. It's a Japanese shonen manga one shot, written and illustrated by Hirohiko Araki. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wait, what do you mean a one-shot? Just as in just one issue of... Yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. So look, I'm, there's not much info about it here, but uh, Wild West based. Oh, prime poker territory. Yep, no synopsis. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Some of the characters in this seminal work bear a similar appearance to others in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. One of the characters, Mike Harper, has a similar design to Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Nice. I suppose that's him there. <laughs> He looks so young. The narrator of the story, having once looked like an old bum. Okay, sure. Yep. Maybe there's some sort of immortality reference in this. Having once based, based looked on like how that's bum. written. There's <laughs> a striking resemblance to Dario Brando. Oh, well, well, well. What have we here? Meh, meh, meh. Meh, 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 meh. So Osiris, Nikki. It's not a lady. Egyptian god, the afterlife, underworld, and the dead. Mm-hmm. But more appropriately as the god of transition, resurrection, and regeneration. None of that has to do with gambling, but Classically okay. Classically depicted as a green-skinned deity with a pharaoh's beard, partially mummy-wrapped at the legs, wearing a distinctive crown with two large ostrich feathers at either side, holding a symbolic crook and frail flail. Wait, they're ostrich feathers? I thought it was like a crown. Osiris was at times considered the oldest son of the god Geb, though other sources say his father is the sun god Ra and the sky goddess Nut, hmm. brother and husband of Isis, with Horus being considered his posthumously begotten son. Nice. As rule of the dead, Osiris was also sometimes called King of the Living. <gasps> okay. Yeah, boy. That, that doesn't track. <laughs> does it? Well, sure it does. Ruler of the dead, also called King of the Living? Sure. No, no, no. God oh, of the ancient Earth. Egyptians considered the blessed dead the living ones. There you go. Hey. See? Now it all makes sense. Yeah. Symbols Shit. include the crook and flail, atef crown, ostrich feathers, fish, mummy gores. Mummy gores? Yeah, like the rap on his legs. Oh, right. Yeah. I was just... <laughs> For some reason, I heard that as Mummy Doors. Ah. I was like, Mummy Doors? Mummy Doors. Doors. Excuse me, Mummy Doors? <laughs> Have you got me Osiris? <laughs> I'm sorry, Timmy. We can't go to the afterlife this week. But, Mom. I'm sorry. It's your father, Ra. Wait, who's Anubis the weighed his soul against a feather and he was found wanting. Oh. Ain't oh. that a shame for you, Timmy? Oh. I tell I you g- what. I guess it's off to hell with us. <laughs> off to and hell we scene. go. Off to hell we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Could you make Snow White and the no. Seven Egyptian Gods? No, that seems very insensitive. <laughs> I don't know, it could just be incredible. I don't know. 
Now, Darby. Darby. Daniel J. Darby is his full name. Daniel J. Darby. Yes. Wait, so his first name is Daniel and then apostrophe in the Darby. So does that mean that Darby, the last name, still has the apostrophe in it? Yeah, why wouldn't it? Because I'm just thinking he would call, it would be something really dumb, like, oh yeah, my last name's Darby, without the apostrophe. But my full name is, what's his full name? Daniel? Daniel J. Darby. My full name is Daniel J. Darby, but you can just call me D-Arby. No, that's stupid. It means like of Arby. Yeah. <laughs> be amazing. Because then it'd just be, you don't have to call me Daniel, just the D will do. Anyway. Now who is Darby? Darby draws his name from Terence Trent Darby, better known by his former stage name, or real name, uh, Sananda Francesco Matreya. Uh, He's an American singer-songwriter, came to fame with his studio album, introducing the hard line according to Terence Trent Darby. Um, the single was included, If You Let Me Stay, Wishing Well, Dance Little Sister, and Sign Your Name. I think If You Let Me... I think I know Active from 1984 through the present. To present? Yeah. Ooh, he's still going. Nice. He adopted a new name, Sananda Matreya, which said relates to a series of dreams he had in 1995. So I guess not his birth name. <laughs> he legally changed his name six years later on October 4, 2001, explaining Terence Trent Darby was dead. He watched his suffering as he died a noble death. After intense pain, I meditated for a new spirit, a new will, a new identity. He sounds like a supervillain. This guy's amazing. What? I am not familiar with his, his, uh, his musical work. He's just an American singer, right? Sounds like it, yeah. Wow. His music has been included in several movie and television soundtracks, including Beverly Hills Cop 3. Oh, the third of the Beverly Hills Cop series. Yep. Knocked Up by Judd Apatow. Oh, I know Knocked Up. Didn't get through it, but I know it. The Fan, starring Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. Oh, I don't know what that is. Okay. He has a 2011 album called The Sphinx. <gasps> oh my god, it all comes full circle. And a 2015 one called The Rise of the Zugabrian Time Lords. The what? <laughs> oh my god, I need to hear some of this interesting, stuff. Now. Interesting sounding guy, this Terence Trent Darby fella. Terence Trent Darby. D apostrophe A R B Y. I just, I don't understand. Like, where would the apostrophe even come into it though? I don't understand what your problem with this is, Nick. Because it would be Darby. So? It? So then it would just be really awkward if instead so you of just say Darby. Yeah, but just it, properly it would be Darby. Yes, and what? I don't want to say Darby if it's Darby. Then okay, say it like that if you want. I don't see why this has to be a big <laughs> deal. Because <laughs> standards, Liam. Everyone needs to say Darby. It's like GIF and JIF. Anyway, so the cat comes up playing his trailer and is like, "Oh, by the way, this is my cat. I totally just played you. Get wrecked." You son of a bitch! <laughs> I was just getting just getting very angry. He's like, you played us, you charlatan. Yeah. That's cheating. You played us like a damn fiddle. Listen, if you've been scammed, it's your fault because you fell for it. It's not a good, not a good, uh, uh, not a good moral stance. Yeah, no. Gambling, like relationships, is uh -huh. all about fooling people. Well, well, um, Daniel, D Dog. I mean, let's talk. The one who cries loses. Uh, look, buddy, look, I don't know what you've no, been no doing. I'm a big fan of your life philosophy there, Danny. I don't know what you've been doing. Danny, Jonathan Joestar's dog. <laughs> it all comes full circle. What if Danny's spirit is now inhabiting Darby? You can't fuck with me or, or Polnareff will die. That's and true. That's a true fact. I'm just like, I, I swear I'll destroy you. And he says, do you remember what you were doing on September 22nd, 1984 at 11.15 p.m.? No, why the fuck would I remember that, you madman? Because I was gambling with a oh. guy called Stephen Moore. He said the exact same thing you did. Anyway, here's his soul, and here's the soul of his dad and his wife. Y oh. Oh, okay, I was going to ask how this related, but now I understand. I see, you're threatening me. You're, you're quite good at stealing yeah. souls. Anyway, if you want to get his souls back, no choice but to do some more of my bullshit. At this point, I've just written down, written down the word sphinx. <laughs> so I assume someone made another reference to sphinxes. The word Sphinx. Sphinx. That was slightly less enthusiastic. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So at this point, they basically just decide, okay, we better take. Well, on. they're all they're all sort of humming and hawing about it, and he he opens up some chocolate. Oh yeah, he, he has a bit of an aggressively bites this bar. It looks really good. Dude, it looks really crisp and. You know that like thin lint chocolate yeah. things you get. Yeah, it looks like that. And Joseph slams all the shit off the table and just. Uh, aggressively starts pouring whiskey into a cup. 
I thought he was just going to drink it down. Yeah. I just went, this is a bad Great, I'm like a drunken master at gambling. Let's do this shit. Yeah, I thought he was just going to drink it and go, you know what? Let's play a little game. But first, let me get drunk. And then he would truly unlock his, like, true potential or something. I don't know. I can't read him because he doesn't know what he's thinking. (laughs) That's exactly it. Next you'll say, Have you heard of surface tension, Barbie? My name isn't Barbie. It's Darby. Yeah, whatever. Sorry. Um, I mean, yes, I've, I've heard of surface tension. Let's play a game with surface tension, educational and entertaining. Hmm, okie dokie. I filled up this bottle of, wi- this, this glass of whiskey. I filled it mostly to the top, pretty much to the top, but not so full that water spills over the side. And what hmm. we're going to do is we're going to take turns putting coins into this glass okay. and whoever makes it overflow loses. And I'm going to wager my soul on this because I'm, gr- he says, um, I'm normally pretty good when surface tension is involved. Now, that's a funny joke because Harmon, because they had to walk on water. So see, good. I don't know if it is a funny joke because Harmon, but I see what you're getting at. Yeah. It's also a funny joke just because he says, I'm pretty good with surface tension, yeah. but... Abdul's freaking out like, oh no, he's a con artist, don't. Don't worry, bro. I'm Joseph Joestar. Yeah. Jodoro, I here and make sure he doesn't cheat. So Jodoro goes, sure, yeah, I'll make sure, sure I'll cheat. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Can we go now? Yeah. Dad, <laughs> I'm getting bored. Okay, old man, hurry up. Can you get me a soda afterwards? Hey, hey, hey. Hey. You suck. Hey. <laughs> you just keep saying hey forever. <laughs> Can I inspect the glass and coins? Of course, you have that right. You have to make sure I'm not cheating. So this becomes important. Yes, this, is, this is the most essential point of this episode. So he inspects the glass. Ah, he lifts it up, he looks at it, he touches a couple of the coins. It all seems to be in order. Very important. Now give me your guarantee that if you lose, you'll return Polar F soul. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably do that. Yep. I am a gambler. I have my pride. I always pay up, but I'm gonna win. That's pretty confident of yeah. you. Joseph says he can go first because he's an expert at surface tension and he thinks that it should take eight or nine <laughs> coins. He understands it to an Innately. Arc. Yeah. So... Can he... I do more than one coin at once? Yeah, Darby makes the first move. Yeah. If you do if you do them all at the same time, you can do more than once. Great, I'll do five. This should save a lot of screen time. So he picks up five coins... Joseph goes, wow, that's pretty ballsy. And there's a lot of long, arduous close-ups as he's ever so slowly putting these coins into the surface of the liquid. And he just, bloop, them in. Yep. As Nothing he, happens. As he finishes, he lets out like this loud gasp of air. And there have been all these moments like, don't touch the tape. It's like the most intense game of Jenga you've ever seen. <laughs> Actually, have you ever played Speed Jenga? No. It's a combination of, you know the chess clocks you can buy? Yep. That, but with Jenga. That's cool. Yeah. Have it's... you ever played Dread? Dread. Dread is a horror RPG that, instead of dice, uses a Jenga tower. Oh, yeah! And every time it falls, someone has to die? Mm. Yeah. And you can choose, if you want some control over the manner in which you die or otherwise removed from the from play, you can choose to knock it over. Yeah, good times. It's, it's pretty cool. Mm. So, yeah, we now move over to Joseph's, Joseph's turn. turn. And uh, we see from Jodoro's perspective, he's like, wait a minute, Joseph's cheating! So, Joseph's got this little wad of cotton mm. on his thumb which is full of more liquid yeah and he's pressing it between his thumb and the coin that he's inserting into the liquid to fill up the um the glass more and he's like i'm filling it up just enough so that after this no more coins could fit in so he fills it up just to the point where that plus a coin won't drop yep and then he drops the coin in and then we don't see the cotton anymore because he's really good at cheating. <laughs> yeah, he's palmed it. Um, he's like, Wah-ha-ha. no more f- coins will fit. One more drink, one more will spill the drink over and I'll win. Ha-ha-ha-ha. And then he's like, oh, this is bad for my heart. I, I thought for sure I'd lose. Anyway, your turn, Obi. Hey, hey, hey. Name's not Obi. It's Darby. Jodoro's like, oh, I see. He's screwing with him on purpose to make him agitated. Oh, if there's one feeling I would describe not myself Barbie, as... Not Barbie, not Obi, Darby. Fuck you. I am agitated right now. <laughs> I am irate. So, it's Darby's turn again. It's the final move. The final move. So, we... <laughs> so he thinks. So Darby basically stands up and goes, excuse me, hang on. Can I go from your side of the table? The sun's in my eyes here. I'm casting a shadow, so it's hard to see. Well, I mean, sure, you can do that. You know, you can do it from any side of the table you want. Okay, that's fine. So he moves around the table. And he, he slowly examines. approaches it. He's being very meticulous. He's very slow. Mm-hmm. Suspiciously slow. 
Joseph is going, Come on. That idiot. He can try for as long as he likes. He's never going to not break the surface tension. So, I know all about surface tension. So he drops in a coin and doesn't break the surface tension. What? That's what you're thinking. It's impossible, but it's not true. I did it. <laughs> but there's no way it wouldn't overflow. What do you mean there's no way? I just did it. Jotaro. Jotaro, did he do anything? No, he didn't do anything. He didn't make any suspicious moves. And then he's, he says the best line of the episode, Darby does, mm-hmm. in allegedly English. <laughs> oh, yes. Go ahead, Mr. Joster. <laughs> just, just the Joster. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> the beauty is it still works. <laughs> it's at once intimidating and hilarious. <laughs> Go ahead, Mr. Joster. It's kind of sort of Sean Connery vibe. It is a bit. Go ahead, Mr. Joster. <laughs> Make your final move. So Joseph sits down in front of the glass to try to make his final move. And the colour filter is shifted so he has blonde hair and his hat is pink and his shirt is a sort of more muted shade of red. He is freaking the fuck out. We get a lot of shots of him sort of hovering the coin over the the liquid and not touching it and breathing it ever so more heavily. It It looks like he's going to have a heart attack. It really does remind me of a Tim and Eric sketch that goes on. You know those sketches that go on for just a little bit longer than you think they will? He's he's basically hyperventilating. He's sweating more and more. (laughs) The music is swelling, creating more and more tension. I really hope the voice actor for this was just looking at the script and going, wait, so we're pausing for how long? I mean, they don't record these things in one take. No, no, but he's there going, okay, hang on. You're telling me I have to just record him- heavily for like a minute? I mean, I'm down with that, but I get paid for this? <laughs> <laughs> and before he can even touch the surface of the water, his, uh, his soul pops on out. And Darby's like, <laughs> he acknowledged in his mind that he'd already lost the bet. That's why his soul broke free. I've won the bet. And uh, as Joseph's soul is being pulled away, it starts talking. It's like, Polar F, sorry. Holly, I might not be able to save you after all. This sucks. That is grim. Yep. That is very grim. Poor Joseph. He gets turned into a poker chip. That's two poker chips. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I like how um when he's saying, it's two of you, he holds them up and then does like an upside down V. <laughs> yeah. With his, with his two, fingers. two fingers. His index and his middle finger. He's like, hey, it's these two. Huh? Huh? Get it? Th- these are the two particular poker chips I'm referring to. It, it's your two friends that I just turned into poker chips. Do oh. You, do you get my reference yet? I'm going to kill you is what I'm getting <laughs> it. So at this point, Avdor slams him into the table and is like, fucking bullshit. I hate this shit. I'm the new aggressive Avdor. I have no time for games. Tisk Tisk, Mr. Madman. If you kill me, they die. And Jodoro says, Avdol, stop. And at this point, the, the cafe man comes over and is like, hey, if you're making trouble, I have to ask you to leave. He just says, shut up. And the cafe man's like, oh, yes, sir. Ununderstood, Mr. Big Man. Yeah. So Jodoro investigates the previous game. He looks underneath the glass. He's like, cheating. I found it. I found the cheat. I found it. I, fa- I found the cheat. He was cheating. And what we learned that he did was with that, that handy-dandy chocolate he was eating, Yeah. he... Then he inspected the glass and poker chips. Hmm. He just put a, a tiny smidgen of that chocolate under one side of the glass, tilting it ever so slightly. I see. So then his shadow was over the glass for most of the game. Right. And when after Joseph pulled his little surface tension trick mm-hmm. with the uh, additional liquid, yeah. when he moved to do his final move... It melted the chocolate. The sunlight, now touching the glass directly, melted the chocolate, removing that slight tilt... Adding more capacity for surface tension. Mm. Ironic, really. Mm. He could tension every surface, but... This one's a bit strenuous. This, this is he not could, good. He could cheat at any game except his own. Ooh. We got there in the end. Although I have to question why if Joseph had this, um, this cotton bud on hand that he was cheating with, couldn't he have just dipped it in a little bit as he was putting his coin in to remove a tiny bit of liquid? No, because the whole point is that the next move would then destroy what's-his-face. But he has to get the coin in before he can get the butt in. Right. So from the looks of things, it looked like it was pretty saturated with alcohol already. Okay. It's like if you put... I think you could have at least made a go of it. Oh, right, okay. But then we wouldn't have the drama, True, yeah. We wouldn't have the bizarre adventure that we know and love. I'm pretty sure, once again, um, Jotaro smashes everything off the table. (laughs) It says, All right, Darby, get your trump card ready. We're going to finish this with poker. And Abdol goes, what? Why would you do this? You've literally watched two guys die to him. Well, it just turns out that poker is one of the games I'm best at. I do not regret this decision, um, but... 
rumbled kanji is sort of going everywhere throughout this whole sequence. Dun dun dun. He's not violent, but he's the most dangerous stand user we've come across. I can't afford not to do this. To be continued. Fucking high. End of episode. Nick. Good app. Good app. Good app. This sort of keys into what I was saying way back when we started part three about how towards the tail end of it, you start seeing stand battles that are less sort of meat and potatoes, punch each other confrontations. This is probably one of the one of the examples people turn to when they say, oh yeah, the end of part three, it starts getting much more imaginative. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sort of harkens back to part two where it was just a lot of trickery mm. on well, Joseph's well, part. I, that's why I think it's so interesting that in the first half of this two-parter, two they they remove Joseph from the equation in the most trickery-based confrontation that we've probably had to date. Yeah, yeah. He, he out-tricked Joseph. How can Jotaro overcome him? It, yeah, it's brutal, but it's good mm. because now we get to see all the little tricks of... The trade. Well, I was going to say of the stands, but you know. There's an alternate universe where much like what happened with um, Yu-Gi-Oh, this harbinged the transition from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure being a... Um, stand-based globetrotting adventure to being a card game-based anime. <laughs> okay, we're going to play poker, but we played poker for the last five episodes. What's your point, Abdul? We'll have to create some sort of pro- proprietary collectible card game where stands are cards. My God. And we'll make millions. To be fair, I'd watch that. Anyway, and also Egypt. Egypt and Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nick, highlights and lowlights for this episode. Hmm... I'm not going to say Mr. Joster. Oh, go ahead. Up. Well, what's, wait, what's the exact phrase again? Go ahead, Mr. Joster. Go ahead, Mr. Joster. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> God, I love a good bit of English in any good anime. Um, hmm, highlight. I want to say the highlight is Joseph losing, actually. That's a great moment. Because when you realise that he outplays Joseph, the man who is, one, known for mad trickery... And two, he didn't even do it using a stand. You go, oh God, this is interesting. Yeah, this guy's dangerous. I mean, you know, getting one up on Polnareff, big whoop, he's an idiot. Yeah, he's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. Also a cat, pure luck. Yeah. And then he realises his cat. And you go, oh, okay, oh, he, I see. He stacked the deck from the very beginning. I see what's going on here. But that one was just, oh, he outwitted us in yeah. a very clever way. He outcheated the cheater. Mm, it's good shit. Now we just have a very angry Arvdol and an idiot. <laughs> uh, not an idiot. He's not. Jodoro is not an idiot. He's just he has tr- trouble expressing himself. But yeah. he's, he's been fairly straightforward with his problem resolution to this point, which is yeah. you know, make up new powers and smash shit. <laughs> I mean, he has one way of dealing with things, and it is Star Platinum. He's like a train. You know, he goes in one direction. He goes there hard. And if anything gets in the way, they get punched. Yeah. By a big beefy. So what will he do ghost now? Well, don't answer that yet, because my highlight for the episode <laughs> is probably go ahead, Mr. Joster. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, it's so good. It's so good. Because he's been so reserved to that point, too. Yeah, true. He has been very... Other than you know, getting angry when Joseph gets his name wrong. He seems like a very classy, very well-spoken guy. Yeah. Then immediately goes, <laughs> I am an evil bastard. <laughs> Low lights, Nikki. Hmm. Low lights. Low lights. I'm going to say... Oh, also that moment where they all drank the iced tea was pretty good too. Oh, so good. Oh my God. So manly. <laughs> lowlights. Hmm. No, I, I didn't think there are, there's much in the way of lowlights. Yeah, episode. it's a pretty it's One of those out. ones where we're just picking because... I think the the real lowlight for me was when it just kept going before Joseph actually died. Yeah, they, they did sort of draw that moment out a bit for pacing purposes. Yeah. I mean, it was literally just shots of him going... <gasps> kind of <gasps> probably the same shot repeated a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit frustrating. Hovering that coin above that glass of whiskey. Mmm. Mmm. Rather annoying. But, you know. Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah. So, Nick. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen? Hey, wait. What's your low light? Same. Oh, never mind then. I thought that was implied. GG! <laughs> what do you think is going to happen uh-huh. next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3 Status Crusaders Season 2 Battle in Egypt? Uh-huh. The episode entitled, I'm sure you'll be shocked by this. Is it Gambler the Derby? What's wrong with you? <laughs> What is it? Do you do you delight in making me miserable? Look a little. Darby the Gambler, part two. Shit, I am a bit shocked. Okay, so Jotaro and Abdullah left. Yeah. Jotaro is stepping up to the plays. Mm. They're gonna play poker. Mm. Now if we know one thing about the bad boy trope, it's that they're always really good at poker. Abdul's gonna be the deck man. That's what yeah, the, that's that's a technical term. The dealman. Jotaro will be the playman, and Darby will be the playman two. Yeah, playman two. This one's a bad guy. <laughs> Hmm. I'm just trying to think how you actually cheat in poker. 
Because we know that they're both going to cheat. Not so fast. Seven queens. <laughs> Aye. Queen of hearts, I see. Well, looks like we're evenly matched. Apart from my queen of daggers. <laughs> no. Okay, so obviously there's like the whole sleeving thing because Jodoro's got massive sleeves. <laughs> uh, and Darby as well. And also telekinesis. And telekinesis, that is true. I reckon what might happen is there might be something like they sh- they switch the cards between them. So maybe Jotaro stand or Darby stand. Now keep in mind they can both see each other's stands. Yes, but from under the table. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, they could hold their cards like here and then whoop. Besides, Star Platinum, really fast. True. Yeah, faster than the human eye, I wonder. Yeah, they might, like, switch each other's cards. You'll go, haha, now he has my really shitty cards. Oh, it's going to be like um, that thing in The Princess Bride. Like, oh, he switched my cards. But what if what if he knows that I switched his cards yeah. and he switched my cards? And I certainly couldn't risk a second look and give away what I did. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, something to that degree of ridiculousness. But... Uh, yeah, anyway, um, turns out Jodoro spent the last five years building up immunity to losing at gambling. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think what might actually happen is Jodoro will lose um, just by some random coincidence or mm-hmm. something. And then Abdol will be the one to save the well, day. Well, they have been sort of peppering each of the interactions with like, a, now Abdol's getting angry about it again. Yeah. So in that sense, it would make some sense for him to be the sort of last man standing. The conclusion man. Yeah. Yeah, because Kakuin can't come back yet. He could just appear and be not so fast. Throws chips down on the table. I'm in. It's like he just sits there going, "Now, I don't he doesn't throw any... chips down on the table. He, he once again emeralds. smashes everything off the table. <laughs> <laughs> just smashes everything off with like Hierophant's green tail. Yeah. Oh, uh, see, so yeah, I think Avdol will be the guy to finish it. Possibly in another game. Probably not poker. Right. But it could also be poker. But like a standard gambling game? Yeah, like, like a Jack, standard... Yeah, uh, exactly. Jenga. It could also be that Jodoro... Yu-Gi-Oh! Ooh. It could be that Jodoro finishes it in the poker game, but he pulls a Joseph Joestar by going, next you'll say blah. Right. And, he, you know, when Darby's... Like, oh, I'm not so different from my old man after all. Yeah, when Darby goes, how did you know? What? How did you do that? It's like, well, I've been hanging out with Joseph for this long. I picked up a few tricks. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Punch in the face. Yeah. Punch through his chest. Hmm. So something along those lines where... Great. Yeah. Anything could happen. That's true. Anything could happen on this bizarre adventure. To be continued. End of episode. (laughs) That's it. 